0: you are locked on rays your daily tampa bay rays podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: hello my name is kevin weiss alongside ulysses sombrano and we're the host of the locked on rays podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. Also, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rays, and shoot us an email, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the action and conversation. That's Spotify Green Room. Okay, on today's show, we promised we will run uh, part two of our interview and conversation with Rays catching prospect Blake Hunt. But before we get to that, we of course have to mention that your Tampa Bay Rays lost game one of the three game series against the New York Yankees at Tropicana Field by a score of four to three. The Rays fall to 60 and 41 on the season and are now two games back of the Red Sox in the American League East, while the Yankees improve to 52 and 47. Look, that game could have been uh, much, much worse. Uh, At least the Rays battled back. They were down 3-0 at one point, and there was a couple points and a couple moments where it seemed like the Rays were going to claw back and tie the game or reclaim the lead. Alas, it was not to be. Um, You know, something I go back to from that game, and I know it's a small thing, but it could have turned into a big thing. Uh, Back in the first inning, back in the bottom of the first, had... Manny Margot not been thrown out at third by Gary Sanchez when Nelson Cruz was at the plate. I didn't really understand that. Manny Margot was already in scoring position. And let's be honest, for all of Gary Sanchez's faults defensively and as a player and as a catcher, one thing he has is an arm. He has a cannon of an arm and he will use it on occasion. And that just... I think totally uh, diluted what could have been a decent inning or given the Rays uh, an initial lead there, but uh, it did not happen. Of course, Um, you know, Shane McClanahan, the Rays lefty rookie starter. He battled through six innings, his line, pulling it up here, nine hits, three walks, three earned runs, six strikeouts. Look, it was fine. Not fantastic. I give him credit for, Battling and grinding, uh, the start could have been a lot worse. It could have unraveled a lot more quickly. Uh, I did like the fact that his curveball was really, really sharp and had a lot of break to it. His slider got hit, hit uh hit around quite a bit. Um, and that was unfortunate. I think the the Yankees hitters really took advantage of that. And you know, something to to watch out for Shane with is the velocity pretty much the velocity on all of his pitches including his fastball was down across the board and I don't know if it's arm fatigue or what let's remember he didn't have a season last year really in 2020 and um this might be getting into the dog days of summer here you wonder if some things are settling in with him if if he's really kind of struggling and and grinding his way through a major league season. Yeah. He's only thrown what 71 innings, but it's 71 many at times, stressful innings, a lot of stressful at bats that you have to navigate a lot of pitches that you have to navigate. So you wonder about that going forward. Let's remember he never threw more than 76 innings in a season at USF. Now in 2019, he did throw 120 innings, uh, between double-A and single-A. So uh, just something to keep in mind. You wonder about Shane McClanahan. And I think he's going to be a very, very good middle of the rotation, top of the rotation starter in time. I just don't think he's that right now as a rookie. We have to understand there's going to be growing pains and there's going to be adjustments that have to uh, be taken into account. And I don't know about you all, but I just don't have a ton of confidence that you roll him out in game one or game two of a playoff series. I don't know if he can deliver. Maybe he can deliver for a couple innings, but can you rely on him for five or six? I don't know about that yet. Look, he's got fantastic stuff when it's on, but he's still a rookie. So let's also keep that in mind. So, and that just goes back to wondering, uh, the Rays, if they're going to make some sort of big pitching acquisition, if they're going to trade for a Kyle Gibson or an Alex Cobb or a Herman Marquez or an insert name here, not Max Scherzer, just some something to think about there. On the other side, uh, Jordan Montgomery continues to uh, give the Rays fits for one reason or the other as he uh, threw five innings, zero earned runs, did have uh, three walks, uh, and five strikeouts and uh, allowed five hits there. And I think, um, look, we should know this about Montgomery already, and I don't think his stuff is great. I don't think it's fantastic. I don't think it's electric by any means. But it's the fact that he's got so many different offerings that he keeps raise hitters and other teams off balance. I mean, you look at the different pitches he has, curveball, sinker, cutter, four-seam, changeup. And he uses them pretty evenly, pretty spread out. So you can't, I mean, he keeps hitters guessing. He keeps hitters off balance. I mean, for example, yesterday, uh, out of the 102 pitches he threw, uh, he threw 26 curveballs, 26 sinkers, 21 cutters, 16 four-seamers, and 13 changeups. So uh, that's just something to think about going forward. Look, I don't think he's an ace by any means. I think he's more of a back of the rotation type, but Hey, if you've got five different pitches that you can utilize and work with, and you're confident in uh, you can have a pretty long successful career in the big leagues. That's for sure. Especially as you get older uh, and as your stuff and velocity starts to dampen a little bit. Uh, One last thing before we get to uh, the rest of our interview, with Blake Hunt, want to give a shout out to my buddy Scott. Uh, yes, he's a Yankees fan. He's a Yankees fan, but he was at the game yesterday. He was sitting in section two twelve. I don't know if that was you know homage to New York because of the area code or whatever, but uh, he told me that uh, there was a lot of Yankees fans at the game. Not surprising, and it it seemed that way watching and listening on the television and radio because anytime the Yankees got a hit or Montgomery or somebody struck somebody out. Uh, there were a lot of cheers and a lot of commotion. And he said in his section alone, it was 80-20 Yankees to raise fan. Uh, no bueno. Not good there. Uh, he also said uh, he's, he's not happy with the middle of the order. Not happy with the middle of the order of the New York Yankees. Uh, Judge Sanchez, Stanton are awful, he says. So there we go. Uh, good thing the Yankees a couple years ago didn't go out and sign Steven Strasburg to a big uh, $200 million plus deal. That uh, return on investment isn't going too well for the Nationals, but uh, alas, I will digress here. Okay, uh, on to our interview with uh, Ray's catching prospect, Blake Hunt. And let me give Blake a little bit of a shout out here. He had a huge game yesterday reading from MLB.com. He powered the hot rods to a 9-3 victory, going two for five at the plate with four RBIs. He went back-to-back with Evan Edwards in the third inning for his first long ball and clubbed a three-run shot soon after in the sixth for his second multi-homer game of the season. Blake now has an RBI in each of the past four games and has driven in seven in that span. The two home runs were Hunt's first since uh, june 24th and he how ha- uh, he now has eight on the year so there we go a little shout out to blake hunt there uh one last thing before we get to blake we've got to tell you about spotify green room green room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Ulysses and I will be hosting rooms for the Locked on Rays podcast once a week, and yes, that means you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Kevin Weiss, K-E-V-I-N-W-E-I-S-S, and Ulysses at U-L-I-S-E-S to be notified when our room goes live. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Blake, kind of going back a little bit, you mentioned how you grew up idolizing David Eckstein and then Buster Posey once you transitioned to catcher. Can you kind of outline uh, that transition of when you really focused on becoming, okay, I'm a catcher now? Was it sometime in Little League, sometime as you were moving up to junior high and high school ball? When was that transition of, yeah, I play catcher. That That's what I am right now.
0: A lot of the guys that I'm around here in pro ball, I found out were middle infielders or corner infielders that were transitioned in probably right around college some even Mm -hmm. at the start of pro ball I guess I was one of the guys that's always caught um for as long as I can remember I played catcher along with other positions but I mean basically as soon as I got to high school that was my Mm -hmm. primary position um they'd mix me in at first base a little bit but truly I've always had a passion and love for catching um on top of anything else, I just feel like I'm always engaged in the game. And I think I'm pretty well-rounded mentally in regards to, you know, the inside scoop of, of the game. I always am thinking ahead. Um, But yeah, I've always loved it. Um, Fortunately, I've been a little, I'm I'm pretty baseball smart as you know, some would say. So I'm always in tune and uh, truly like I understand that, you know, you can go for four, but as long as you're engaged and doing a good job behind the plate, you can have a way more positive impact on the game than getting a few knocks. So that's yeah. another thing that I love that I can always turn to that. If I'm not having a, a good day offensively.
1: Yeah. Ulysses. I think we've learned that Blake hunt is pretty sharp. He's a pretty sharp yes. kid. As we can see, I, I'm looking <laughs> a yeah. hey, future manager of the Rays. you know, 20 years yeah. from now. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. Um, Blake, I wanted to mention this. So you were drafted out of high school in the second round and uh ultimately signed with the padres of course um and then went to pro bowl i think rookie ball and kind of you know earlier in the developmental process but for you what was the biggest adjustment of going from prep ball to pro ball because i mean i don't want to give an answer away but it would seem that maybe dealing with failure would be a big thing where in high school you might be batting 400 450 then you get to rookie ball and you're struggling a little bit more. You're batting two 30, So, um, just what was the, the biggest challenge for you of making that transition from high school to pro ball in, in such a short amount of time?
0: That's interesting. You say that because almost every single time I get that question, the first reaction people give is, Oh, it must've been the wood bat was the biggest adjustment. Mm. Um, a lot of people don't realize now with the high school circuit that you do during the summer and the fall. I mean, I've, I was using a wood bat for two to three years every fall and summer. So that really wasn't the biggest change, but you hit it right mm-hmm. on the nose. Um, dealing with failure to that degree. Um, and then definitely trying to manage those lows. Obviously mm-hmm. in high school, um, you can pull up my stats. I don't know exactly what they were, but I didn't really struggle with failure yeah. that often. And when I did, maybe my slump was one bad game where I went over. for, it. that doesn't really happen now. I mean, there's plenty of 0 for 20, 0 for 30 stretches that happen, which can span a whole week. And, uh, everything starts to get a little dreary. Um, it's tough to dig yourself out of, but managing those lows is is the toughest part of this game dealing with failure hundred percent spot on. Um, that's the the biggest change that I had to deal with and and still dealing with now. Um, and then on top of just failure, right. As soon as I signed, I, ha- I was limited with some shoulder issues and not being able to be on the field and be behind the plate. That was tough too. Um, To kind of add on, probably another big adjustment was learning how to take care of my body properly Mm -hmm. um, to to deal with, you know, a hundred and forty game season and playing pretty much every day for eight months straight, including spring training and instructs. So I definitely wish I could go back to 17 year old Blake and kind of give him a rundown (laughs) of what he needed to do to prepare his body. But uh, that just comes with the learning curve.
2: Um, I want to kind of dissect a little bit more uh, on this. When you are going for an O for 10, 0 for 20, whatever it is, are there hobbies? Are there, what are, what, what do you do to kind of either put that aside and like, look, I'm just going to watch Lord of the Rings right now for the next two days. And that's what I'm going to do. Or is it like, okay, give me all the spray chart data, gave me all the trackmen? Like what kind of person are you in, in, in when you're in, in the low? Do you go more in depth into more numbers or do you just say, you know what, I got to shut it all off. I'm going to just read a book.
0: Uh, Happy medium. Um, Definitely try and keep my mind away from it as much as I can, because that's a, you know, you can spiral out of control very quickly. Um, Especially if you start going down the road of what can I change? Because there's a reason I'm here. I don't need to change too much. Sometimes it's just a tiny little adjustment. So, There's a happy medium with going in the cage with my hitting coach, um, trying a few new drills, taking a look at a little bit of data, not too much. um, But that may only be one or two cage sessions. It doesn't need to be two hours for a week straight. Um, Mm. A lot of times it's doing the same thing, truly like doing the same thing. If your approach is good and the results are not happening, there's no need to panic and switch everything up because eventually the tides will turn. Eventually everything will even out. I will say it is a very lonely feeling when you get in the batter's box and you look out there after a good 0 for 20 stretch. It looks like there's no grass whatsoever. It looks like there's mm. people standing everywhere. And it's, oh, it's no. tough because yeah. no matter what you do, you, you could barrel it, you could get a jam shot. No matter what, it's going to end up in somebody's club. <laughs> and truly, it's just managing the highs and lows and just trying to stay as even keel as possible.
1: Well, speaking on the bat, it's funny because – of course, in preparing for this interview, we do some reading up on you, and I've read some really positive scouting reports about how you've developed some in-game power since the 2020 Instructional League. Um, can you kind of explain any changes or how that came to be? Was it anything with your swing, your approach at the plate, or just you naturally got stronger and bigger during the the pandemic layoff? I mean, anything in particular that has allowed you to uh, exploit your your in-game power a little bit?
0: Um, I think naturally my body just started to kind of mature a little bit. Um, It wasn't too much. I didn't put on a crazy amount of weight or Mm -hmm. normal strength, pretty normal off season with my workout routines. Um, I think more of it had to do with my mindset and intent at the plate. Obviously my swing was probably going to find a a nice groove here or there during an off season. Um, If you go back and look at video from my swing in high school, it was pretty rough. Like we've come Mm -hmm. a long way. (laughs) Um, it's definitely smoothing, smoothing out every year, but I think more is just like the intent at the play. I think before a little bit more of a passive mindset, um, letting the pitcher come to me kind of, and, and not really trying to go out there and and lay down the hammer, lay down, get in the box with the mindset that in a, in a, in a respectful way, I don't mean this to be, you know, a jerk, but it's kind of like I get in the box and my mentality is F you. I don't care who (laughs) you are. I don't care what <laughs> right. your name is. I don't care what you got. Like I'm here. I'm better than you. Throw it over the plate. See what I do with it, kind of thing. So that's just what I had to tell myself. What I had to trick myself into thinking. And every guy's got that. That just happens to yeah. be mine. Um, and then again, like just being on being on the hunt, being aggressive, getting getting pitches to hit early in counts instead of following late in counts. Because obviously, you, you can go look at the data yourself. Oo counts versus a 2-2 count the numbers are drastically different i yes. mean your slugging percentage in oo is near 800 you get down to 2-2 it's 200 so it's just playing the numbers knowing that you're probably going to get a better hit better pitched up to, to hit and do some damage with early in count. and that's really all that changed and it just started the stars started to align
1: we've told you before that built bar is the greatest protein bar on the planet and they have so many delicious flavors coconut cherry raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream german chocolate the list goes on and on uh one constant though is the macros these protein bars have somewhere between 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from just 130 to 180 just four to five grams of sugar in just 4 to 5 grams net carbs and did I tell you they're all amazing flavors they're all tasty and they're all healthy heck they're good enough to be the official protein bar of the US track and field team how about that that's pretty awesome right so you want to you want to be as athletic and run like and 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 have performances like the track and field team right well i mean the first step to do that is to go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and that'll get you 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, the numerals 1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at builtbar.com.
2: I, I kind of want to, you know, obviously being behind the dish, you, you, you kind of get... A different perspective uh, of the game. The knowledge, this is a two-parter, the knowledge of being a catcher, has that helped you be a better hitter? Because you can think, okay, if I were a catcher right now, it's one-one, he's throwing me a fastball, curveball. Okay, he's probably gonna go back to that fastball. Or has that helped you being a catcher in your, uh, you know, as a hitter? And and number two, behind the dish, what's the one thing that you
0: want to improve the most? Um, I think with the first part, it's very easy to get those two tangled up at times, especially if you're having a bad day as a catcher or a bad day as a hitter, it's easy to get those two tangled up. I try my best to separate the two entirely. Um, especially the part of like guessing pitches with, Oh, I'm a catcher. Here's what I would call based on this. No, no, no. I, that's, that's a real (laughs) dangerous game. Um, (laughs) because again, like the guy behind the plate may think differently than you. You have no idea. And as soon as you start looking for something and kind of guessing for something, you've already lost at that point. Um, I can remember an instance in 2019, um, another very, very highly skilled catcher with the Reds, who was a good buddy of mine. I pulled a pitch, a fastball. Like I cheated to a fastball with two strikes, yanked it away foul. Rule of thumb there is early on a fastball, lay in a changeup, something a little slower, and probably something straight that's slow, like a changeup. Right. And He's thinking the same way as me. And that's, this is an example of a mindset where I fell into like a catcher's way of thinking mm-hmm. through another fastball, right down the middle. I took it the whole way <sighs> and it's just, I, I you should, I should have known better. It's just an instance like that where the catcher thinking like a yeah. catcher kind of screws you in the end. So I try my best not to do that. Um, and then the second part, sorry.
2: Uh, as a catcher is there one i mean is it framing is it blocking pitches is it you know you're stealing a caught stealing percentage to your arm what is the one thing that you're like okay i i gotta work on this because it's important to me and i want to be you know real fine-tuned on this part as a catcher
0: um i think receiving throwing blocking those are obviously the big three those are some those are areas where i've taken huge strides each season and what i still try and you know make improvements on every day throughout the season. Those numbers all coming back, like those are all very solid. That's what I pride myself on. I think the one thing obviously to keep up, you keep, you keep up your work with those in in all areas. But one area that I pride myself on that I want to continue getting better at is pitch calling. Um, I don't think there's a way you can ever learn enough about pitch calling. It's always about observing hitters and then also knowing your pitchers their strengths, their weaknesses, you knowing their ins and outs—that um, comes with working with the staff for a while. Obviously, at this point in the season, with our staff here in Bowling Green, I've got a pretty, a pretty good idea. Um, but yeah, pitch calling—that—that's the the mental aspect that that I enjoy the most, and that I try to, to try to strive to always be my best because at the end of the day, that's kind of gonna be the defining trait. You can have all the physical prop like attributes and properties, but if you, uh, if you have that mental side, that's where you're going to have an edge and being a guy that your pitchers want to throw to on top of yeah. all those physical things. If you're not calling the right stuff and they're up there shaking all day, they may not want to throw to you. Right.
1: Interesting. So like following up on that, what do you consider to be? And I guess in your personal experience, the most difficult aspect of being a catcher in professional baseball?
0: Hmm. I mean the first thing that jumps to mind is just maintaining your body and staying yeah. healthy. Yeah. You take a you take a beating back there. I've already taken so many foul tips and back swings to the head, all that stuff. Like that just comes with it. Woof. Um yeah. Uh, I honestly <laughs> that's what it is, staying healthy. And it, it is it starts to wear on you mentally as well as physically obviously, but um it, it is a grind. And uh fortunately, I play so far this season I've played a good probably caught about 75% of the games. So I'm back there a good amount and getting a lot of reps. Um, but it, it does start to take wear and tear on the, on the body. It takes a toll.
1: Yeah. yeah. I always thought that, look, I, this is just me talking, but I almost consider being a catcher, like a two-way player. Like you have so much to control yes. and deal with at that position. And then you're being asked to hit and hit at a competitive clip. I, I think, and I guess that's probably why you don't see all that many catchers out there that are batting, you know, not to use batting average, but you know, that that have good offensive numbers, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And by no means out here in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and all the places we play, and by no means is it a cool summer. Like we got <laughs> we got yeah. we have a lot of like last night was 90 degrees with what felt like a hundred degree a hundred uh percent humidity. So woof, it's it's hot.
2: Yeah. With all that gear too. You know, it's not yep. like you can take it off at at any time. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Okay. Uh, Blake, let's get to some quick hitters, some rapid fire questions before we wrap things up. I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't want to speak my turn here, Ulysses, but I think Blake is is definitely in the running for one of our best guests that we've ever had. Uh, I think that's very fair to say. Um, but Blake outside of yourself, who do you consider to be the funniest guy on the hot rods team?
0: Ooh, funniest guy. Um Mikey York was with us. He was a pretty funny dude, uh, relief pitcher. He's now in Montgomery, so I don't think I can choose that one by default. Um, hmm, Tanner Dotson, another pitcher. Tanner Dotson cracks me up. He's actually my roommate. Uh, okay ah. here at the apartments. <laughs> funny dude.
1: Okay. Um, most athletic guy on the hot rods, outside of yourself, of
0: course. Can't pick yourself. <laughs> no doubt, hands down. Not even a question. Greg Jones, literally the most athletic person I've ever played with on a field. If you guys get the chance to interview him. Wow. Mm.
2: It's it, it, you. You're not the only one that has said this. I mean, this guy apparently it's just to put it nicely. He's a freak. He, he just yeah. do what, does it all.
0: <laughs> the, the way I describe it, when he runs, it looks like he's ice skating. Like legitimately wow. he flies. He glides yeah. over the ground. It's impressive.
1: Cool. That's awesome. That's great to hear. If you're a Rays fan, I, I think the biggest yeah. problem for Rays fans is like, how are we going to find a way to get Greg Jones on the field? Because you have <laughs> Wander Franco and Benoit Bruhan and Taylor Walls and all those other guys as well. But I'm sure they'll yeah. they'll find a spot one way or the other. Uh, they okay, should be Blake, very excited. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, okay, again, outside of yourself, uh, strongest guy, pound for pound, on the team, who's the strongest
0: guy? It was Chris Muller, another guy that went up to Double A. Um, Nico, oh shoot! Nico went up too. Nico can't call him, I guess he did. Uh, Yeah. Um. Maybe Carlos uh, Carlos Martinez or Ezekiel two to our Latin guys out of the bullpen. They're pretty big dudes. They can move some weight around.
1: Okay, Okay. interesting. Um, what about the most serious guy on the team? Like, just goes about his base. uh, Just goes about his business. Focused on baseball. Maybe he doesn't talk all that much, but it's just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm here to play ball and that's about it.
0: Uh, Michael Mercado. He's pretty, okay. pretty, pretty serious. Um, funny dude, too, but he, he has his moments. But most of the time he's got his game face on.
1: <laughs> Interesting. OK. And then what is your favorite non-baseball activity? So outside of the ballpark, what you like to do? Is it golfing? Is it working out? Is it reading? Is it watching Netflix? What's your what's your go to activity, I guess?
0: Um, something that I can't do during season, but, um, I started riding this off season, like, uh, you know, like the a, a bike, like, I just like riding a bike. Um, I got my dad's old, um, uh, he, he rode one in the nineties, but, um, you know, I don't know what the name, the specific like a road bike or like, yeah a, like a, yeah, okay. a road okay. bike. okay. Yeah. Um, obviously I can't do that during season. I do really enjoy golfing. Um, that's something I try to mix in on the off days, especially with a lot of the teammates, something for us to to bond with, but also just kind of get away from the field and clear a mind. Um, yeah. Golf a lot.
1: <laughs> okay. Can I, I, I am also a uh, rabid ra- I'm a huge yes, golfer is. as well. Uh, I, I don't want to be rude here, but Blake, what is your handicap? If you don't mind sharing uh,
0: four or five kind of balance between there.
1: Oh my gosh. I, I, I can't golf with you then. I'm, I'm like in the, <laughs> <laughs> like if I, if I break 90, I'm a happy camper. So, but if you do come to Tampa Bay, I'll, I'll treat you to golf sometime. But like, it, it always it's, seems to correlate that baseball players are good at golf, but I, yeah. I think it's just the athletic mindset, the competitive mindset, that sort of thing as well. Uh, also Blake, do you have a favorite golf course that you've played at? Um, you know, either in Bowling Green or California or wherever.
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I've been fortunate enough to play Tory Pines a few times back home. Wow. Love that course. Um, I've played it both times right around the farmer's insurance in January. So it's near tournament ready. So I've gotten wow pretty messed up by that course. Uh, it's tough <laughs> out here. Um, I just played one in Nashville last weekend called Gaylord Springs. It's beautiful um, and pretty cheap compared to California yeah. too. So
1: interesting. So, yeah. yeah. And especially this time of year in the summer in the South, you can get some pretty good deals too. Uh, and then finally, Blake, Favorite meal? What's your favorite meal? Um, it doesn't have to be a healthy thing, but just what you what you like to go to.
0: I love seafood. I've always okay. been near the ocean. I always had seafood. Um, there's a place back home called Bear Flag. It's like a little fish company. There, uh, they have like ahi tuna. That's probably my favorite go-to. Ahi that's like the, when tuna. I get when I get home. That's the first place I go. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, you know, I, I hear that the Trump is, uh, you know. <laughs> Near the water. Kevin. There's some I good seafood think-
1: around the trap. I'm just saying. So, yeah, you know. yeah,
2: maybe, huh?
0: Hey, I'm down for it. I'm ready.
1: Okay, we once again want to thank Blake Hunt for the time. in the interview had some great insight about being a professional baseball player and a minor leaguer in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Carolus will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Bilt Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick and follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Okay, uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Please stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.